Today we start a new worship series called Followers and Leaders. It has been said, some people are followers and others are leaders. How about you? Would you describe yourself as a follower or as a leader? Or maybe you think, well, I'm kind of some of, of each. Whatever the case, we can all find inspiration about following and leading from an often overlooked section of the Bible, the book of Judges. The book of Judges was written about 1000 BC. It's quite an old book, but its message is timeless. The book of the Bible called Judges describes how God's people the Israelites had entered into the promised land. Now that, that was a step that was generations in the making. And it was a highlight of the entire history of the people of God, that God had brought his people out of suffering, out of slavery in Egypt, and had led them on a, what became a long and winding journey because the people sometimes didn't want to be led. And you know, people, if they don't want to be led, that's not going to lead to a promising outcome. But still, God was so patient and so faithful. And year after year, and even generation after generation, God called them and promised, I have a land for you. They had, by this point in the story, just recently entered that land. And yet, now they find themselves in the promised land, but in danger of losing that land. And they are delivered again and again by God through leaders known as judges. In our church-wide reading plan, we just started the book of Judges last Thursday. I encourage you to follow along. I've heard from a number of you saying you are following this plan and it's really leading you deeper into a knowledge of God's word. If you've started and stopped, I understand. That's fine. This would be a great opportunity to join us again. If you've never started, this would be a wonderful chance for you to join me and others in our church in this daily discipline of reading God's word. It will strengthen your faith. It will lead you to greater understanding. You, you might think, I don't know anything. I don't know where to begin. The best place to begin is simply now. It's the time to start is now. And we are with you on this journey. We list the daily readings in your bulletin each week on the back of the prayer list. And we also list them online on our church website. Plus, you can sign up for daily emails with readings, commentary, and prayers, or download the free app at BibleInOneYear.org. In our reading plan, tomorrow's reading includes the story of Gideon. We're going to talk about Gideon today. So just by being here today, you're getting a head start on tomorrow's reading. Good for you. Our Followers and Leaders series will take us through the stories of three key characters in the book of Judges, Gideon, Deborah, and Samson. Along the way, we will see how God consistently uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. We will see 
how human imperfections can become part of God's perfect plans for good. And we will see how following God makes all the difference for us in the various leadership roles we have in our homes and families, in our places of work, and in the community. Whether you consider yourself a leader or a follower, we are all called to follow God first and foremost. By following the Lord, we become better people. The book of Judges helps us see that. As a learning aid, we have a card uh, for each of you. Will the ushers please come forward and help me distribute these cards now? This is the card for our sixth series in our year-long reading and preaching plan called Explore the Bible 2018. The aim of Explore the Bible 2018 is to give each of us a better understanding of the power of the Word of God for our lives today. For each series, we are handing out a card with a memory verse. The first card is attached to a ring so you can keep all the cards together. If you need the Series 1 card and ring or any of the cards from the previous series, you can pick up whatever you need at the Welcome Center right after worship this morning. I encourage you to collect all 15 cards and use them to help you keep God's Word in your heart. The memory verse uh, for this series is Judges uh, chapter 2, verse 16. And it's printed there on the back of your card. I'll wait just a moment so that uh, folks get a chance uh, to, to get the card. Tell you what, we're going to say this one twice. So those of you who already have your card, you can join me in saying it once. By the time we say it once, everybody ought to have a card, and we'll say it again Uh, together. So the words to Judges chapter 2 verse 16 are printed on the back of your card. Those of you who have it, let's read aloud that verse uh, together now. Then the Lord raised up judges who saved them out of the hands of these raiders. And it looks like we are ready now to say it as a large group. So once again, Judges chapter 2 verse 16. Then the Lord raised up judges who saved them out of the hands of these raiders. I want to challenge you to learn these words by heart this week. They remind us that God is faithful even in the difficult times we face. Whatever you are going through now or will go through this week, you can know that God is for you and that God is with you. When the Israelites were in great distress, the Lord raised up judges to save them. The Hebrew word for judges could also be translated as leaders. These were leaders, and yet they were also followers. In fact, I think first and foremost, they were called to be followers. They were called first to follow God. 
And then out of that relationship to lead others in God's ways. But both the judges or leaders and the people of God as a whole sometimes struggled to obey the Lord and got caught up in the ways of the world instead. We know the feeling, right? How easily we, like the Israelites, give in to the temptations of the world around us, leading us, for example, to, to thirst for power, to want to be recognized as prominent in all the ways of the world, or simply leading us to do whatever we feel like doing, whether it's right or not. Their story is our story. The Israelites brought distress upon themselves because they consistently disobeyed God. But there is good news for them and for us. God works with us in whatever moral and spiritual condition he finds us. In fact, God does some of his best work using the most unlikely people. One of those unlikely people was a young man named Gideon. At that time, countries surrounding the Israelites looted the Israelite crops and animals. They came like swarms of locusts, the text says, and ravaged the land. The raiders impoverished the Israelites in desperation. God's people cried out to the Lord for help. God responded in a surprising way. The angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Pardon me, Gideon replied, which is basically a respectful way of questioning an angel in case you ever find yourself in such a situation. Gideon went on to say, But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, didn't the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. Gideon asks some good questions. Maybe there are questions you have wanted to ask too. If God is with us, then why has this happened? Why, Lord? I've wondered that myself at times. But here's what I know. God can handle the questions. Even when all we have to come before God with is a series of questions, we should still ask the questions because those questions can lead us deeper into relationship with God, can strengthen our relationship to him. When we ask questions like that, we're being completely honest. What is a relationship with anyone else or with God like if it does not involve honesty? God can handle the questions. And it was that way with Gideon. Not that he got clear answers, but through his questions, he was brought to a deeper understanding of who God is and of who God was calling him to be. Little old Gideon. 
Listen to what happened next. The Lord turned to Gideon and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Then Gideon responded with another question. But how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. I really appreciate Gideon's honesty. Here's where the glory of God can shine through this strange and wondrous glory. Gideon is not from a prominent family, and he is the runt of the litter. Yet it would be just like God to choose Gideon. The Lord usually calls the lowly rather than the mighty to do great things for him. And then we can see that this is truly of the Lord. What other explanation could there be? The Lord answered Gideon, I will be with you and believe me, you will defeat Midian. Sure enough, that is just what happens. God takes a special interest in those who by worldly measures are considered small and insignificant. Have you ever been made to feel small or insignificant, put down in some way? Have you ever felt overlooked or forgotten? Those who for whatever reason might be easily overlooked or forgotten are not overlooked or forgotten by God. It's so important for us to realize that. I want you to hear from someone from our church family, Donna Taylor. Donna, will you come and, and share now? Good morning. All of you have in your bulletin a small yellow piece of paper. It would really mean a lot to me if you would take that out. And if you didn't get a chance to read it, it would mean even more to me if you got a chance someday, maybe today, <laughs> to take it home and just to read it, and I'll be explaining why in a minute. Um, a few weeks ago, I came up to Pastor Ken and I said, would you let me say something in front of the church? And just so that you know, I'm nervous <laughs> because this is honestly the first time that I've stood in front of any group to admit what it is that I'm about ready to admit to people. Um, I asked Pastor Ken whether or not I would be able to speak because for those of you who don't know, May is designated as Mental Health Awareness Month. And it's a month that too often goes by unnoticed and it shouldn't go by unnoticed. And you're gonna hear me say three words a lot and I know I'm gonna be repeating myself 
So that's why I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be repeating myself. And those words for me are just, this is personal. And it's personal on a variety of ways. So what I want to do is basically three things. And this is the first. One was to tell you, again, this is Mental Health Awareness Month. And my job today, as I see it, is just to try to let you know that and to try to make you understand what exactly that means. And I find it strange that Pastor Ken talked about Gideon being a runt because I am the runt of my family. I am the smallest and I was the last child who was born. So this is what I'm gonna ask you to do. I don't want people to think by, by telling you all of this, what I'm asking you to do is become armchair psychologists. That, that's not the aim. That, it's not the aim to now suddenly go out and start looking at everybody and trying to figure out whether or not you can analyze what's going on in their head. There's three things for me personally that I would like people to take back with them today. And these are them. And in order, the first is to open up your eyes. So what that means that you need to do is you need to be willing to look at something that you might not want to see. And people have an ability to go blind to something that they don't want to see. You might see somebody and know something is wrong with that person and be so afraid to encounter what it is that's wrong with that person that you turn and you walk the other way. And the first thing that you can do to make a difference during this month and every month that follows through the rest of the year is to not turn away. Because I can put a smile on my face or anybody with mental health problems can put a smile on their face and people take that smile as an indication that they're fine. And if you take the time and you look in their face, you're gonna see that they're not. All you have to do is look in the eyes of somebody who's suffering because there is only so much a mind and a body can hold and the rest of it is gonna start leaking out. And the first place that it leaks out is in that person's eyes. So open your eyes and just be alert. And the second thing is open your ears. Because personally, I can walk up to everybody in the parking lot now and say, hi. <laughs> People say, how are you doing? And I say, I'm fine. And People turn away and walk around and they're happy with the smile and they're happy with the fine and they don't want to hear anything past, I'm fine. But if you hear a quiver in that I'm fine or something seems a little bit off, do me a favor and do everybody else a favor and just ask one more question. And that question is, are you sure? And if the person that's standing in front of you, even if they're a little runt, and turns around and says really quietly, no. Then ask, what can I do? And probably the thing that is gonna be most important is to open your ears and just listen because that person's looking for an outlet and you might be the most important outlet that that person ever encounters. And then the last thing that you can do, open your heart. 
And that will happen with the first two. Opening your heart is so important. Realizing mental health awareness and what this is about. This is a disease. It's not a state of mind. It's a disease. And it takes a long time for people to realize that. And the thing is that this is a disease that has two words that are attached to it, and that's shame and it's stigma. And mental health awareness is about curing the stigma or curing the, the shame that's attached to this disease. So open your hearts and try as hard as you can and to look at these people and look at them and say, you're whole and you count. And this is something that is gonna make a difference to everybody who sees the shame, who hears the stigma, and who stays silent and won't say a word while inside they're ripping apart. Okay? Now I said three words. This is personal. And if Ken flicks to the next slide, you'll see why. This is a picture of four-year-old twins. And that picture was taken 46 years ago. That is me in the wagon. And that is my twin brother, David, who is holding the wagon. It's also personal because that little yellow insert, I wrote it. <laughs> I wrote it and I pasted it on Facebook. And I did that six months, almost to the day, after walking out of the hospital where I had gone voluntarily to try to save my life. Because I was in a state where nobody would open their ears, nobody would open their eyes. And that was the last act that I knew what to do with. And if you look at this picture, there are two completely different twins that are up there. This is my mom's favorite because she says that our personalities for the rest of our lives were captured in that picture. I'm shy and I'm hiding and I stayed that way until today. And David's got his chest all puffed up and if any of you knew him, that is the personality that my twin had. He was the strongest of the two of us that could do this. And we shared a lot in common, and we had a lot of differences. We found out a few years ago that very tragically, we shared one thing in common. And that was that we had the ability to put on what's called a game face. And that game face is the face that says, I'm okay when I'm not. We had the ability to build walls really hard exterior wall so that nobody could see inside to find out what was going on with the two of us. And David and I knew it because we were twins and we could look at each other and we could say something's not right, but neither one of us would admit it to each other. Now I was sitting at home one day before I wrote this Facebook post. So this was not quite two years ago. And I will openly admit to you that my exterior wall shattered. It just crumbled to the ground. And I hit the lowest and I hit the weakest point 
that I have ever been in my life. I didn't see anything except darkness, and I didn't feel anything except despair at that point in time. And in one instant, God cleared my mind enough so that I could get up off my floor and stop myself from doing what I was about ready to do. And I grabbed my keys, and I ran out of my house, and I went, and I got help. And I found out that in that weakest point that I was at, that was the point at which I finally became strong. Because I said to myself, something is wrong with me, and I need to take care of this. And some of you know that last year, May 8th, David died. And I don't know if you know he was my brother, and I don't know if you know that he was my twin. But I do know that most of you in here have no idea that my twin took his own life and left his support for four children on this earth without a father. Because what happened is that David was a strong one. But David knew the stigma, and David knew the shame. And David wouldn't let that wall come down because he was afraid to admit that weakness and have that shame applied to him. So what happened was instead of having his wall come down and let him reach out for help, he broke behind the wall. And I live with that every day. That's what this month is about. It's about trying to prevent that from happening. It's about trying to make people who have this disease feel like they are respected rather than shamed. David took his own life, but the reason that David died is because of that stigma. It wouldn't let him admit that something was going on. So I'm standing here today just asking you again to open up your eyes, open up your ears, open up your hearts and listen, because that is personal. And if you want to know why mental health awareness is needed, all you need to do is burn the image of that picture into your head and realize what happened because of this. Okay? <laughs> I've got one more thing to say. And what I want to say to this church and to Pastor Ken and to a whole bunch of people who know who they are is thank you. Because I lost my brother, but this church saved my life. Because shortly after writing that Facebook post, I walked in here. And some of you were here, and some of you remember that I had used to sit there for probably the first four weeks of church. And after church was done, I cried. I didn't cry. I sobbed. I'll openly admit. I sat there and I sobbed. And I didn't know why. <laughs> it just hit me. I came here for no reason. I was led to this church. I just woke up and said, I'm going to go to a church, and I came to Spry. And what happened was something that was absolutely, to me, unbelievable. And that was, I've been a minister's kid for 50 years, and even the best churches that I've been in, if they saw a stranger walk in and sit and cry, they move. <laughs> Back slowly away. <laughs> I don't want to get involved in this. And this church did exactly the opposite. 
And every week that I sat there and cried, somebody came to me and just put an arm around me and they opened up their eyes and saw that something was wrong. And they came to me and they opened up their ears and they said, are you okay? And I said, no. And they listened. And you guys, you opened up your hearts and you let me, this crying, sobbing stranger, be part of an unbelievable congregation that already has set in place the awareness and this incredible compassion within you to help people. And I want you to know today, this is my testimony. I thank God every day that he cleared my head long enough for me to pick up my keys and walk myself out of that door and say, I have the strength to do this because I'm going in the ministry to try to help people not be my brother. I thank God for leading me to this church. Every day that I walk in here and every day that I don't walk in here, because again, this church saved my life. And I'm just gonna say here and again, thank you. The last thing that I wanna say <laughs> is really important. And it is simply this, and that is that this silence about mental health awareness, it's deadly and it's deafening. And I want everybody in here to try to help that silence end here today. Thank you. Donna, thank you so much for your words and, and for your courage. And thank you, Sprite Church, for being such a caring church family. As Donna mentioned, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. We're hosting a mental health first aid training on May 19th, and that training will help you better understand and respond to the needs of others. Chances are there is at least one person you know for whom you can be a caring presence, someone you can come alongside and listen to and show compassion. Not that you have all the answers, but just that you care. And I strongly encourage you to consider attending this free event. It will be well worth your time. You can sign up today at the Welcome Center. To lowly Gideon, the angel of the Lord, says, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. God's message to each of us today is similar. If you follow Jesus, the Holy Spirit lives in you, and we are more than conquerors through him who loves us, through Jesus our Savior. You might not feel mighty. You might not consider yourself a warrior. But hear God's word to Gideon and to you. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Let's pray. Lord, thank you 
that you are with us all, each one of us. And may this be the prayer of our hearts. Help me trust in you and draw strength from you. We pray in Jesus' name, and as he taught us, now we pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation. And now will you stand for our affirmation of faith?